All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Time Changer Podcast. You know what I'm saying? This is King J in the building. We got my man Khalil Baker in the building. What's poppin'? What's up, brother? How you doing? Yeah, you know, we got Bishop. And? Yeah, Pearl in the building. What's happening? What's good? What's good, <laughs> Yeah, and we got a good special guest for our continuation of the culture series. We got Rachel Centinelli. How you doing, my yeah. sister? My sister, eh? My you. sister, eh? Yeah, yeah, culture series so what do you what do you define as culture what what does that look like what is culture mm-hmm. um i would say culture is what is it's in your group something mm-hmm. that they are what they have in common it could be um like things that they that with their background could be their type of music that they um listen to type of food the way that they talk they have a certain culture um within that group of people i like it okay i agree with you 100 yeah you know man so yeah even with that like culture can be defined in so many different ways you know you got the black culture hispanics whites arabs you know and then all all the all the uh colors of rainbow you know the whole skittles packet you know what i'm saying it's beautiful so like it's just a beautiful thing you know when um, we all come together talk about life you know what i'm saying it's beautiful so like just as far as culture like we know you're a missionary you know what i mean like you've traveled overseas been to multiple different countries so like were your parents missionaries or did you ever like what what made you want to go overseas to like travel or share the gospel and stuff yeah okay well now admissions was never a part of my life until like my adulthood so mm-hmm. not until like four years ago oh, okay. the first time mm-hmm. oh that it's become now um but what like got me into into cultures like that mm-hmm. all right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well like how i grew up was like um i guess where i grew up in rhode island there was not cultures other than mine Mm -hmm. so pretty much like grew up in a school that had you know went to a private school an elementary school and then a public school and high school both Mm -hmm. of which were pretty much almost all white people except for a couple here and there Mm -hmm. so um where i grew up was not i did not i was not exposed to culture much at all Mm -hmm. and so but i've been living in virginia since 2007 since 2007 or 8 Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've just been um, finally was broken out of that a little bit to where, you know, mm-hmm. got connected with more cultures mm-hmm. and um, thought that that was was it was interesting is that like, even though in my high school, 
most everyone is white. Even then, it's like everybody has these groups, you know, and in there they have their own culture in that group of what they're like. And um, so, so like moving kinda? here. Yeah, clicks. clicks. Okay, right. Okay. So I like, know it's not exactly the same thing. So but. it's like intra-racial groupings in itself, intra-racial culture. In right. Itself, yeah. In itself. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask you yeah. a question, too. What was the difference between, like, your transition from private school to public? <laughs> So that wasn't really hard for me at all. I just went away. Was it more <laughs> it different, like with the people? Like yeah, because you're like learning about the Bible in private school, and then in high school, people call me like Bible girl, <laughs> Bible the Bible girl, a couple okay. times. I had to go do like the see you at the poll, but we did it like every Wednesday. Mm. So mm. And I had a Bible club and things like that. So it was different in where it was like everyone in elementary in the private school. That would be normal, but it was, you know, in the public school, I was one of the only, one of the few who were, who would call themselves a Christian. So that was different. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. honestly, because I think, like, I, my perspective is like, we kind of flipped. Mm -hmm. So I know you're about to say that. A, one, that's one in the episode already. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, getting back to it. Um, it, it kind of was flipped because I started off going to, um, most of my schooling was mostly public school. And then in the trenches, bro. Oh, I was in the trenches, you feel me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but then um it wasn't until like my last two years of high school in which I actually went to private school. So I, I moved from uh, going to public school in New York and New Jersey mm -hmm. and then moving down here to Virginia back in twenty fifteen and then finishing out the last two years over in in LCA, which mm -hmm. is the you know, private school oh, right, okay. right in Liberty. So yeah, so and you just basically just said that the transition that was kind of different was it more like it was it really easy like I, I, how was that i think it was easy for me because i was already like doing sports with a lot of the people mm -hmm. from there and friends with them in my neighborhood and stuff so yeah it wasn't too weird did you ever feel me. like you was kind of sheltered as a kid or no i mean i didn't know i was so not really okay I didn't feel like i was but i was mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. not in like a I don't think my parents purposely sheltered me from things. I just oh, okay. wasn't, you know, like when you are only with friends with people from your church and mm -hmm. it's kind of, you kind of end up being a little bit more sheltered, even though it's not intentional. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I guess lack of exposure would be yes. more yeah. way to put it. So when you right. feel like, when did you feel like you got exposed to a lot of things? Um, in Lynchburg, actually, believe mm. it or not, of all places, Lynchburg, Man. Virginia. <laughs> okay. That's crazy. Yeah, I know they believe in this. So I've been here for a long time. I've been here for a long time. And um, so, yeah, I've done more of most of my travels have been after that. But in this exact in this city, I have been in different positions um, where I have been the minority, you know, which is mm. something I didn't um, grow up with that. Mm. So like, um, the first thing would be just like making friends with people like, you know, black people at Liberty became close to a lot of people mm. and then got to where I would go to Mexican restaurant all the time, mm. got to know a lot of people there. And they were so, I have, was like so ignorant to things that I didn't realize it. Like I just assumed everyone was from mexico i really did i wasn't being racist racist mm -hmm. i just didn't know mm -hmm. assumed everybody at a mexican restaurant was from there mm -hmm. then i get to know everybody and realize that like only one or two were actually from there and um then i have 
you know, made friends with people from there. Still have some friendships and visiting someone's baby tomorrow from one of those restaurants. But anyway, so that just kind of made me think of like, um, how you can look at a group of people and sort of make these perceptions of them mm -hmm. and then realize when you get to know that like everything was wrong, wrong about them, yeah. completely wrong. And, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, those people have invited me to different, like their kids' birthdays and different events, baptismos and things like that. And I would be like the one person from America there, not even just white, but the one American there. So yeah, yeah. anyway, all of this in Lynchburg, Virginia. So, you know, it happens. Cool, good. Yeah, a lot of exposure to this town. I like your, I like your honesty with that because I believe just as Americans, we could be very ignorant yeah. to stuff like that. We're like, we make assumptions. We may not mean anything wrong by it, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's based upon like what we've seen on TV, what we heard other people say until you really get to know them. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's very, you know, very interesting. Or it's great, actually, that, you know, you had an assumption and we got to know them. Like, oh, actually, everybody's not mm -hmm. from Mexico right. in this restaurant or, you know, every black person isn't like this that you came across mm -hmm. or ran into and I know at least for me in the city of Lynchburg I came across many different people where I have stereotype in my head where I just look at them like oh this dude is square or he's mm -hmm. just like you know what I mean <laughs> and when you get to know him like oh this is a really cool dude like this dude like yeah. real nice. I know you was probably thinking of something too but uh <laughs> but it's true though you really can't judge a book by its cover man because it's like as people we are like open books bro like we all have an opportunity we all have so many different life experiences that we encountered that we can just pour out and share to those around us because mm -hmm. everybody has a story. Everybody, you know, has a reason of why they dress the way that they do, why mm -hmm. they wear what they wear, why they talk the way they talk and say what they say. All has a part to play in like their experiences in life, what they've been through and pretty much what shaped them to be who they are today. You know what I mean? That's what we love about the series is that we get to hear people's stories, their testimonies and what drew them close to the Lord and what makes them them. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And um, just knowing like your heart for people and just, you know, your heart for kids and uh, working as an educator, you know, with special ed kids and mm -hmm. things like that all make you, you, you know what I mean? So um, another question I did have, like, what made you want to get into teaching? Um, so, um, <laughs> Derek's doing some weird hand motion. Anyway, um, yeah, so teaching, I guess it was my biggest thing was I wanted to work with people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and pretty much my whole life, I wanted to be a nurse, actually. And then, I yeah, the whole life, I wanted to be a maternity nurse because I figured it would be the same. It would be the one thing where I could see the same thing over and over again and not and get used to it and not yeah. get like grossed out by a new surgery or something like that so mm -hmm. anyway and then I felt like in this moment that I went to visit this college in Rhode Island I feel like God put this lady at the nurse's table there on purpose that like was just not friendly and just made me just totally turn me off to that mm -hmm. and at the same time I looked in the in my memory the sign was glowing that said special education and in that moment, I realized that like God had already put me in the place to to transition to that. I was already working in the special education classroom in my high school. I didn't even think of that being a possibility for my future, and and just thinking of different things in the past where mm -hmm. I had different, you know, certain kids with disabilities that I attached to a lot. And um, anyway, so that moment, I just felt like that's what I got to that's what I need to do is to 
basically be an advocate for people who might not be able to do that for themselves. And so anyway, that's what got me into special education. And so, yeah. That is interesting. I know most people that actually want to do special education, it's pretty much people who've had like a family member who's yeah. um, had some sort of disability and stuff. But yeah, that is a beautiful thing though, for real. So we are transitioning back. Thank you guys for, for coming back on this break. And first of all, before we even start anything, before we even get anywhere else, mm-hmm. we haven't done this in a while. Shout out to Anchor. <clears throat> That's gonna sponsor this video. Hey, we try to get a sponsorship, so so yeah, sponsor us. Please. Anyways, yeah, for real. Please, 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 please. please. <laughs> We've been in the game for a year, man. Shit, yeah, we need a sponsorship, bro. You know I'm, I mean, I'm trying to buy a Birkin. What yeah. <laughs> that ain't a Birkin. Yeah. I'm just trying to buy some fish and. I get fifty cent for a honey bun from the cornerstone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Look, matter of fact, matter of fact, we shout out the anchor, but also shout out to Tyson's chicken. We want some chick. We have some chicken strips. Your macaroni with it too. Anyways, macaroni with the chicken strips. Anyways, you know we need goofy, but um, we get back to our to Rachel. So basically, go ahead and um. We really want to go ahead with this culture series. I want to get a little bit of an insight into your testimony and how you know, you know, God's been using you um, in, um, in this time and this in the season. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in this time and this season. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like God has given me these different opportunities to have different cultural experiences that has helped me just like understand Jesus better. And like, <laughs> um, so one of the ways I feel like things, some of the, one of the things I learned has been basically like, we naturally are more comfortable with people that are more like us because mm-hmm. it's true. easier. Right it's now. easier. That's you true. don't have to worry so much about hurting people's feelings or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You just naturally, you know, connect with people who are more like you. So it takes more effort. It takes more energy mm, okay. and more patience to, to broaden your horizon, broaden your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of, I think, why we tend to go for people that are more like us is just because it takes less energy. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So any like, <laughs> it's not necessarily a fear as it is. I don't know if I have the energy to take the time to speak to this person who I have trouble understanding them speak if you know mm-hmm. if their English isn't that great or whatever it is and so um anyway so I think what has like I think we naturally think of you know that us them mentality of like when you start seeing your you and your group of type people that you're close with as us mm-hmm. then you view the other group as them and then that kind of like leads towards prejudiced thoughts of um, what they are like and how they are different than you because mm. <clears throat> you're looking at this group of people as them, as a, like separate from you. Mm. So um, broadening that and looking at other people and especially in this topic of like other Christians, like other people in other churches or whatever, looking at it as us, as we're all us, you look at people differently when you look at them as part of us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, that's just something that I've been 
learning is just that like, you know, if I'm in a third world country where I might be the only white person and the only one that speaks English, I might still find my way around because <laughs> you gotta have to break through the brown boundary of the sphere of like, people are gonna make all these assumptions about me. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes of it's not necessarily of what you might learn about that person. You're afraid of, you have these like meta perceptions of what they think about you, what they, which is what you think that somebody else thinks that you are like, when you don't really know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're just kind of assuming that person is thinking this about me. So you're afraid to approach them. But um, yeah. So I feel like, to be more like Jesus, you have to look at a wider group of people as you like not saying that church, that one that does these crazy things, this one that has these type of people, but looking at all of like our church, like this is our church and we, you know, we're all the body of Christ. And so like we look at our body, our church family even closer than your actual, actual family, family sometimes. So yeah, yeah that's true. which even though you might look like and have the same genes as this this group mm -hmm. this you have this connection that's even deeper than that so, so yeah yeah i can agree with that though yeah. seriously like that's uh that's like our mc group or mm -hmm. city group like yeah they brought me and khalil in like we was unexpected yeah and then mm -hmm. after the time mm -hmm. period then we just started hanging more and more with them they became like our actual family yep like, family more atmosphere um, yeah. we would bring with the children um, right. It changed my perspective. We just we had that unknowing like prejudgment about people and just being accepting and just going into it and yeah. really like okay, let's see what God really can use in this instead yeah. of us just being like our prideful like using our pride <laughs> or prideful selves like we ain't going in there, bro. There's too many people in that room. <laughs> yeah. We're like we're like some beans and rice. And I'm yeah. saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beans and rice, man. <laughs> like, if you know, you know. <laughs> but but actually like. Being intentional and going and having an open mind and really seeing like what they really needed in that moment, um, it was a blessing in disguise because like mm -hmm. now I'm, I'm leading it. He co-leads it with me, and it's like more. And we love bringing more different people together. Yeah. This is a beautiful thing because people really right. don't have that. You know, mm -hmm. they're not used to seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you I can really agree learn with you about saying. it unless you know them. Yeah, and really getting to know people from different backgrounds and. Uh, Different how they grew up is very different, and in the, their stories is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Just seeing what God did from then to now, um, it shows you like how much purpose He has in, in it's a certain things that He plants seeds in people, and don't have that uh, you know preaching judgment on them, and just going and walking with Him and trusting Him through the process. It's a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful thing, and that's what like the Word of God is. It's all 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 walks of life together and coming to the light. Mm -hmm. Um and glorifying Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah. I agree with you for real. I mean, because it's like it is a family because you can come across somebody who looks nothing like you, but can feel like you know them your whole life, mm -hmm. like blood, you know what I mean? Just because of like the way that they love you. Like even in the scriptures it says, You're known to be my disciples with how you love one another. You know what I mean? And there's two things that everybody wants. We talk about a lot is love, to be loved and be appreciated and be a part of something. Mm -hmm. Be appreciated and part of something. Cause it's like you know everyone desires it with the kingdom and like with Jesus is like he came for all like sinners saved by grace like he came to the worst of worst people 
And I'm pretty sure they all came from different backgrounds. They all look different. Yeah, Matthew, the tax collector, which is the worst of all people. You know what I mean? You got um, killers, thieves. Like, he, he changed their lives for the better mm-hmm. and made them into, like, very great men. And they were normal men. They weren't all educated. They didn't all speak properly. But, like, God used them and did a mighty work in them. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Just seeing, like, God's people come together like that. And I love just bringing people together because that's what we're all called to do. It's all di- different walks of life, just being mm-hmm. together and worshiping God. Like that worship that we had before, what, like a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. It was just a beautiful yeah, thing yeah. to see different cultures, yeah. every you know, from different sides of the earth coming, coming together. Out, the drum out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. like all different yeah, everybody gathered around, everybody from <laughs> all parts of the different world yeah. just coming and worshiping God. Yeah. And just seeing, like, you know, even with young kids, the Holy Spirit hits them, and they start praying for those type of people, praying for the people in there. Mm-hmm. That's stuff I feel like you can't. You're not going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so that's all God's work. You know, as we as we really pay attention, we just like, yo, like God, <laughs> that. And it's like, yo, like, if he could do this, imagine how many, many more people he could, we, can, we can do this for. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Like, if we just doing this for people in the community, imagine what we would do in the world if we did this. Imagine how better a place it would be if yeah. we did stuff like this. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, even that crew event we went to last week in the hey, fall retreat. Very, very uh, encouraging. Andrew and Jenna Brown, we appreciate y'all. I love Hopefully y'all. we can get y'all an episode at some point. <laughs> yeah, but, no uh, yeah, shout out also to Damian Long. Damian Long, bro. You really yeah. blessed me. Yeah, Damian Long. Long. He was talking with you. Yeah. It's, it's funny, because we was talking about it. I was, it was you and Juju stuck like, I was like. <laughs> now, I talked to him before, and we was just talking about, I was telling my story about, um, Another, like just with my being an track. Yeah, yeah, to be an athlete and like, having that identity of that. And it's just kind of like. It's funny because I know like you and Juju, you know, like y'all was there before. Yeah, I had so, identity so. and I know he's like sports. In, in the between of it right now because, you know, yeah. like, with football and still wrestling, like, is this what God do or is this my, like, or just like just me, my desires or something like that. And I, I think I, that was a God led conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> like, yeah. think about it, how. Like, yeah. how occasionally he's just going to sit there next to us and just start talking. Yeah, <laughs> it was a spirit of God, for real. Yeah. I think it's just, like, from – I mean, I can speak for myself. That's, like, kind of a storm that yeah, – that was, like, a storm. And, like, when I left, it was more so just, like, I'm now in that period where I'm now getting out of that storm and, like, transitioning into, like, God's spirit – God, what God wants me to do now. But that's that's a whole topic for another discussion. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But, yeah, but honestly, just to kind of, like, go into – um basically go into like the culture. And I think one of the, th- one of the things I, one of the things that was really like spoke out to me was um, just the unity of it. When we talk about culture, what we really try to um, not even harp on, but what we really want to instill is this, uh, this uh, ability to be in community with one another and to have unity. And then one thing in the Bible that's um, that got I've been meditating on has been just the, the body of Christ and this this need for, for being unified as the body of Christ. Right? This was um, in First Corinthians twelve where we talked about um, being unified and then also just the body of Christ in which uh, there are so many different components to the body of Christ. There's so many different gifts, so many skill sets that comes with the body, but yet it's all important and collectively being on mission so that we can portray uh, portray and be uh, bearers of the gospel. You know what I mean? 
So I think even with that, it was just more so that even when it comes to culture, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, whether you come from the other side of the world or whether you're here in America, understanding that we all have different uh, mentalities, all have different skill sets, we all have different ways in which we see the world, but yet we're all called to, with all the different skill sets, mm-hmm. to continue to um, press and move the gospel and to be witnesses and disciple others. So just seeing that is just really, really awesome. And that's something that um, I, I really pray that that comes to fruition as far as seeing heaven come on earth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Through all different cultures. Yeah. And that's something like, you know, like Damien touched on at the crew event too. Mm-hmm. It's like, as you already s- stated before, uh, Rachel, when you was just saying like, being in like a certain culture for so long, it really like, doesn't really like, show it just what you're used to. And then you have to be able to see like, being around the same people, you sometimes y'all have the similar gifts. Mm-hmm. And how can you grow if you all around, if you're around the same people with the same type of gifts? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, like it's like a body that yeah. just has most of the prize of eyes or you know most of the prize of hands. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it was just like when he said that, most people sit there and they stuck for me. Like, what? But <laughs> it's like he's really trying to like open your eyes. Like, y'all have to get out. You got to be around more people that's different than you. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to be able to spread your gift somewhere else that other people can grow off of. And uh, you know, enhance you know, enhance and just like open up an opportunity for them to see a different side of like a god godly a godly person yeah. or a godly opportunity, whoever you know, maybe even like excuse me, may come in life. But um just him saying that and just was like, oh, like he's you know, he really he knows what he's talking about. And like a lot of people don't understand that. Like you can't be in the same structured uh comfort zone for long. Or community for so long because that gets you this you're very comfortable there yeah. and how can you go when you're very comfortable yeah the most yeah, things i feel like when you're ver- yeah when you're, un- <laughs> when you're uncomfortable that's when you know you're growing you're doing yeah. more of a purposeful things in life and like talking to all the people just in crew events mm-hmm. just saying how bold there was just for like oh i'm taking a stand i'm going overseas mm-hmm. um knowing that i got mad respect for missionaries yeah Knowing like yeah. knowing the challenges that they they're gonna face, and they're still accepting, they're still following Jesus, and that and and striving for it. Like I'm going to do this. I know God's calling me this, and my heart is heavy. And and being bold about it. That's nothing. It's not. That's nothing you want to see all the time. People being bold about that and really going out there and doing it. Yeah. I did have a question too. So um, Rachel, like I know you've like been overseas and like stuff like that. But was there ever like a country that you've been to that kind of like was like life-changing type of missionary trip that you've been on? Like, was there like a country where like you've experienced or seen something like, wow, like it makes you grateful for what you have in America or was it like one thing that really <laughs> stood out to you moving overseas? Yeah, well, two things just came to mind. Um, well, first I was thinking of just like when I was in Morocco and it is a closed country. And so there are a lot of things that the government doesn't allow in as a Muslim country. And so like, I was just at a coffee shop there. And I, cause I know you're not really, you're not supposed to just witness to somebody. You can't just invite them to church. You have to like, but like, I'm allowed to be a tourist who is also a Christian. So I can, if I talk about myself, I can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was just talking to someone and then pretty much you can answer any question and bring Jesus into it. So that's what I did. And then 
he had never seen a Bible before, which I just thought, I just thought that that was crazy because I don't, I don't know. We're just, everyone in America at least knows what the Bible is and has seen it before, but he had never seen it before. And um, he also spoke English, so, and he could read well. So I gave him the Bible, that Bible, and that was the first one he'd ever had or looked at, and, and nobody in his family has ever seen the Bible before. And so, I don't know, to me, I just thought that that was crazy because that, like, I don't know. I never knew anyone that had never been able to hold a Bible before. So I thought that that was like, ooh, this is what's happening. This is a little risky. But anyway, um, I was like, is he allowed to have that? He's like, well, you can read the Torah if you want. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't that. But anyway, I thought that that was, was, um, was, it was, that just made me like, you know, we have such freedom to even just know about to even know about other religions, you know, like to know about Christianity that people were allowed to know and to hear about the gospel in America. Mm -hmm. It's not prevented from us to hear from it. And then um, just another thing about perspective of going to other places is that like when you go to places that are really, really, really poor and yeah, of course, one thought is like they don't have this and this and this and you think of what what I have that they don't, but I'm also thinking of how some people are live such joyful lives without all of those things that I do have. Mm -hmm. And I kind of started to think of it like that. And I was like, maybe I don't really need a washer and dryer. Kind of funny because I don't have one right now. But anyway, just like so many things, I'm like, maybe we, maybe we don't need as many things as we think we do because we do live in a culture of mm -hmm. consumer. We need more consumerism. Yeah, and so that was a like I kind of like at first I was like, wow, this is so poor, and then I was like, wow, they're using everything that they have. Everything that they have has a purpose in their house. It's not just for looks. It's like this, and the, the what the use they come up of with one thing, especially taking care of a baby in India. It's like nobody has baby toys or cribs. They have their sari, the cloth that the women wear. They hang the sari so that the baby can be in it and rock in that and they use that to wrap around themselves and all these things where i'm like we we spend like so much money at baby showers like new babies come we're gonna get like thousands of dollars of things and it's <laughs> yeah. so like do they really need all this i don't know so it just kind of changed my perspective with that like things, yeah. we don't really need all of these things so i don't know it's kind of like sure. yeah it really makes you show like a lot of things we do here is also show yeah and really like it makes you really don't like you can't take for granted what you really do have. Yeah. Um, that's something like I really understood. Like when I talked to a lot of missionaries, like their perspective about coming over here, they're grateful about what they have and not what what they don't have. Right. Um, so I can honestly understand that. It's just yeah. like it's seeing, like me and Khalil, we mentor kids and stuff before, like especially the kids we mentor now. So back then, it was in worse circumstances. And, yeah, actually, and sometimes they don't realize, really realize it could always be worse mm -hmm. in the midst of that. And it can always change. It makes you grateful, too. Yeah. Because, like, um, at the crew event, and I know we keep ref referencing, like, we, we went to a retreat uh, literally last weekend. Fresh on your mind. Fresh yeah, on my mind. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was literally yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was, so, it was awesome. so I talked to a guy named CJ, and we talked for about an hour. And um, they had us doing these, you know, different questions, just talking about sharing your testimony and, 
uh, and what forms of suffering have you went through where God has shaped you and drew you close to the Lord? And um, we kind of did a little discussion group because mm-hmm. like the, the guest speaker was um, Damian Hill, kind of like preach on like uh, seeking God, being sent out, and doing what He's called you to do. And then we'll get in little sessions and groups, and we'll kind of discuss what we learned. Mm-hmm. So after our discussion, I got pretty cool with this dude named CJ and CJ was just talking to me about, you know, how he's so passionate about missions and going overseas. And he just had like a real genuine spirit, a real like loving, real calm, laid back type dude. And I kind of share with him some things I went through within the past year. And he was just like, Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I can tell Jay, you know, some people say it, but it's, 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 it was sincere. It's it was fake. Yeah. But he, it was so sincere, you know? So we just started talking and he was just like, yeah, man, like my parents and missionaries, I really want to go overseas and just like, help people build wells and do these things. And I was like, so what made you passionate about going overseas? And he was just like, you know, in America, we're just so privileged, you know, and I know like the gospel is needed, but you're free to read the Bible here. You're free to pray here. Some countries, they don't allow it. And then he said he went to one country where he slept in a haystack for like a whole week. And there was rats and stuff running around him. But the little kids were so happy. They were so excited. The fact that their families are there, you know, they found joy and happiness in the little things where like you said, like it, we're in a consumer type you know, yeah. country where like, you know, we, we live off of luxuries. Like, oh, you got to have the nicest car. You got to have the newest pair of shoes, yeah. the fresh clothes. Like, you know, you, you we always try to outdo one another. But yeah. over there, it's like they're just happy that they have, you know, a place to stay if they have that. You know, if they had their families, like they found value in different things. So and he was just a very humble dude. Even Damien, when he spoke, he's very humble just because his experiences yeah, overseas, being overseas and. And sometimes it takes you losing everything to really be grateful for the things that or what you really got. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the things that we go through in life of losing and suffering and experiencing loss will make you grateful for the things that's there. It makes you really see like how great God is, but it also allows for you to touch your faith and just makes you grateful for the things that's there. Because like Mm -hmm. when you lose everything, you have nothing. Nothing. Who is there? God. Yeah, it's God and maybe one or two other people with that. You know, and that's that that, though. Sometimes. Mm Sometimes you don't have those alone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I can speak for all three. We all been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the wall is closed in. Ain't nobody there. He like, dang, how much? <laughs> 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 hey, seriously, no. Like, yeah. I was actually like talking about that. Like, like how I'm supposed to be telling my testimony on Wednesday is just like, I really gotta get honest and tell people how it was. Like, how vulnerability is powerful. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, yeah, but I mean, God also meets you when your back is against the wall. That's what I was start, like, at least from never fails. Experience. Yeah, never fails. Firm it's foundation, a, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the rock. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was really when the when your back is against the wall and when you just, when you've been stripped of everything, where God meets you and then his love and grace just abounds so much more. And it's just like, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just kind of all those people. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. So are there any, like, mission trips that are coming up that you want to go on or anything? What do you feel like God is using your ministry now, or what do you feel like he's called you to do in this season, Rachel? Well, I'm looking for a – well, I am I need – for the partnership that I have with India and Myanmar, I mm-hmm. need to go to Myanmar again as soon as it's, like, Same safe. Yeah. Well, it's open. Yeah, well, safe, safe. Yeah. I know they really – I can get in right now, but – it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. Crazy. It, it, People don't know they're persecuting Christians there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I just want to yeah, you yeah, surprised me. Like, hey, I know that. No. <laughs> You have that uh, Sam in your group. Sam, yeah, Sam, 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 so we'll see. That's why I asked you that time. I was like, when well, the next time you go overseas, I want to come. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you was talking about it. I said, you better lock in. Yeah, man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's time to, you know. Wake up the world. My friend. My Travel around the world. I am shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> was there anything else that y'all want to? Um, I did want to ask Rachel a question. Sure. So, where. What do you find like you, I'm thinking of a culture standpoint, but how impactful do you feel like you are to a lot of like uh, children that you like, that lives that you've been in? They love you, bro. High school kids right. talk about you all the time. Uh-huh. It's like, I love Miss Santinelli, bro. She got me on some trouble at glass, bro. <laughs> like, I run to him all the time. He's like, bro, that's. She's so cool, man. I love Miss Us, man. Yeah, and people know, like, Rachel worked with high schools and mm-hmm. elementary, but I really want to know, like, what gave you... I miss high school. I miss high school kids. Yeah. What gave you the passion to do that more and to continue to, like, pour into those children each and every year? Um. Well, I feel like it's, like, I mean, the consistency of being with that. It's, like, you know, as one person, you can't you know, you guys and how you guys help hang out with different teams and stuff. You can't really do that for like 20 kids, mm-hmm. but you can do that for five kids for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like the, I've been in your life for so long. So I'm, I'm thinking of kids from prior to teaching high school, obviously, but just kind of like continuing that. And I don't know, just kind of like, you know, so I want to stay consistent in their life. Rather than just like you, I was in your life for a season. I can't, you know. I know you seem like I, I know you seem like yeah. the first of one of your students that you did just they just graduated though. It's weird to talk about my fruits, <laughs> but, I, I, but mean, I will. I will. Oh, who are you talking about? What, <laughs> well, was, there, is, is it Naija? Yeah. Talk about Naija. Yeah. Naija. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's multiple kids. I know that. Work yeah, that, yeah. That look up to you and stuff too. Yeah. Share it too. Shares yeah, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well that's it. She she's I would say she's the girl I like have mentored the longest. So, so it's been like, you know, I think eleven years. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, and she she's off to college now and we talk a lot and she's been we'll talk about like, you know, how cause she did put her she did give her life to Jesus throughout that time. She did at the youth group of my old church when I was bringing her there and so we can talk on that and you know check in and see how making sure it wasn't just like a one time of give my life to jesus heat of the moment and then like but just checking in and see how she's doing with that especially now that she's at college for the first time so yeah the progression of yeah the cyber so, is very important mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah the then that. it's a discipleship is consistent and i think the biggest thing with that is with discipling is not just like 
especially with kids, because it does, you know, it does feel nice to do things for kids, but you don't want it to be where they're just like dependent on you for everything. everything you want yeah. them to be able to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, just like a parent, your goal is to be able to set them up to be on their own and not need you. And that's the same thing with discipling the youth, you know, <laughs> the youth mm-hmm. is the same thing. Like, you know, you seeing what I have poured into you, you need to do this to someone else. Yeah, yeah. nigga, what's going on your own team? Yeah. yeah. Help establish a foundation. I think that's a big part of working with kids is helping them find who they are because it's like they're trying to find themselves and you're talking so about So many Jesus. distractions, though, man. And then it's right. like, so you know, many, man. yeah, they're yeah. going to be adults. It's like they got to build that foundation on the rock so and not hay and ice water because, you know, the storm yeah, come down, bro. He's going to be falling down and you're going to lose everything. He's going to be falling. I can't, house, I can't get you, up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> can't get up. But no, nah, man, that's a beautiful thing. Um, well, Rachel, we highly appreciate you sharing your story, <laughs> oh, your gifts, your talents, and everything mm-hmm. that you do. You know, we really are grateful for you and just the life that you live and the life you've been to the so many people to our lives and taking good care of our brother Moreau. You know, he a good dude. <laughs> Sweet as she she pays with him. Yeah, yeah she yeah. pays. That's my boy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a light bulb. Oh, snap. But that's my dude. That's my brother, bro. That's my dude. I love I love well you could you could be praying for uh for that trip to work to to so the thing that i do with india and Myanmar is a sponsorship program so I am praying and for more sponsorships to be coming in for the faster and the kids that is ministry in this part of India and the one, especially the one in Myanmar because he's they're really really struggling and uh, so that just prayer for that and um, yeah so I'm by left high school and back in elementary school and um, trying to see. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I can't go. I yeah. Bob? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's his name with Kalu Fung. Oh, yeah, Bob. That's my boy. Bob, Bob. <laughs> He's the Yeah, but obviously, that's a good thing. So how can people, like, donate towards the cause and get connected with you in that manner? No dudes, otherwise, Moreau will knock you out. But how can people get connected to support you, you what you want to do, yeah, you et cetera, et cetera, things of that nature? Oh, God. Well, yeah. there is a website to sponsor different... It's a. It's like... A very, very, very small scale version of compassion. Small, oh, okay. small scale. I'm the one that goes out there to up currently as the coordinator for those two countries mm-hmm. to update information to the sponsors. So it's not as frequent as compassion. So definitely much smaller scale than scale than something like that. But um, there is a his hands. It's called His Hand Support Ministry, mm-hmm. and there is a website and there's a partnership. They just basically help par- partner with 
pastors to be able to do their ministry in their own their own land <laughs> so yeah, it's helping yeah. them do that so Amen. yeah yeah but um yeah just and then just like renewal of patience every day to work with uh with the with the kids each day because it is Definitely i kind of run dry by the end of the day you know what i'm saying Derek? yeah it's it, like it's but treat the every day like a new day it's, it's hard because you kind of have those bitter feelings sometimes the day before like yeah you just come back around yeah yeah the local boys but, and girls uh, club amen yep mm, jesus <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's real dope but anyways you know we generally do appreciate you taking the time and kind of you know being that like bear as, as you as we were talking about and also just kind of sharing your experiences on that too that's real dope you know what i'm saying but you know what i'm saying you already know the deal Peace out! go ahead take us out brother time to pray oh my god <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh god <laughs> um the only further i just want to thank you uh for allowing us to be in this space um, for one another, but most of all, uh, been able to have a voice for Rachel as well, Father, um, that everybody can hear a story and pieces a bit about culture, Father God. Um, Father God, I just pray that you continue to show her your, your loving and kindness um, as she continues to pour into the kids uh, at school, Father, that she, that she continues to show them the love that you have gave her to the children as well, and it becomes more renew renewal in our heart as well, Father. Um, I just pray that you continue to uh, strengthen her ministry of going um, in Myanmar and um, supporting it with India um, and just pray for Myanmar as well uh, as they can as they um, are persecuting Christians but um, that you would be able to uh, place a space uh, for, for believers in a safe space for for, for, for camps for uh, for people that are being persecuted for uh, Christianity father that you give them a more uh, sense of urgency to more help um, being more information that here in America that we get more information out to people uh, so they can help them Myanmar as well, Father God. Um, I just pray for uh, all the children uh, Rachel has poured into over the years, Father, that, you can, that, they, that they continue to have their faith within you and, uh, and still be saved um, and be called whatever you placed in their lives and a purpose in their lives as well, Father God. I just pray for all the listeners. Um, that listen to this podcast, uh, that they're being encouraged to be over to get more information about overseas, um, and being more a missionary or any type of help that it can be, Father. Um, just pray for uh, us three individuals as well that we continue to be a light in the community, um, within the, what you were called to do in each area of our lives as well. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. 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 You already know how we end it, you know what I'm saying? So, where the camera at? I think the camera did. Anyways. <laughs> like your ankles. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, you ain't know the vibe. Drink your water. Mind your business. Negro! Dang! <laughs> 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 I can't drink your water. Pray. Hey, oh, mind your business. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. Even the pole, they messed that joke up. They messed up with the pole. Come on, guys. We gotta do better. Hey, 60% said read your Bible. I appreciate the participation, man. God bless you. Yeah, on God, God, bro. But anyways, go close Nobody want that $50 gift card. Hey, we getting there. But anyways, drink water. Pray. My own business. God bless y'all. We out. Peace. <laughs> 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 <laughs>